0: This is the beginning of part two of episode 35. I hope you enjoy. That's where you really get changed because the conviction of the Holy Ghost is leading you to the only person that can change you instead of away from him. The first that comes to my mind is
1: Romans eight. There is therefore now no condemnation to them, which are in Christ Jesus who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit for the law of the spirit of life in Christ. Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. For what the law could not do in yep. that it was weak through the flesh, God sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh, and for sin, condemn sin in the flesh.
0: Absolutely. Yep, that's what it's about. And if you go on later in that chapter, I believe it starts talking about how we have received um, the adoption as heirs of Christ, right? Um, and it's just incredible to, to make all these connections and to understand that, that I have, I've come to the full knowledge of this truth. Like, yeah, there's still more that there's definitely still a lot more that I still want to uncover. And there's depths that I haven't yet been to plenty of those, but like, I know, I know that the word is true. And so for myself, um, it's like, I, I know where God has brought me from. And even if I, you know, even if I struggle at times, even if I go through, go through times where I'm not living as as I don't I'm not holding myself to that the high standards as I should as a Christian even even if I'm going through a season like that or a time like that I still know that this word is true and I will always it will always be um my purpose it will always be my first my first go to is like okay God like I know that I've been struggling I know that I've been working through these things but here's the thing is that God believes in me sometimes a lot more than I believe in myself And, and I'll make this point or this statement is that, um, sometimes people get this idea that, well, I have, I'm in this cycle of sin. I keep making the same mistake over and over again, and I don't feel worthy to go back to the presence of God and to ask for forgiveness. And that's actually how I used to think. I've been like, well, I've been dealing with this for so long and I can't seem to quit you know why? Why would I? Why should I think I'm worthy to get into the to go into the presence of God? Just like Adam and Eve, I'm hiding myself from the presence of God. But then God adjusted my perspective on this, and and this is what I felt the Lord impressed in my spirit: is that I'll never be worthy, but God is always worthy of me getting back up and trying again. The King of Kings and the Lord of Lords is always worthy. Of me giving it one more shot, and if you can keep giving it one more shot and one more shot and one more shot, eventually, you're gonna get up. <laughs> you're gonna get up off the floor, and you're gonna find yourself standing on a on solid ground, right? And that is sometimes a process, and it's sometimes a journey, but it will always be worth it, and he'll always be worthy of it, no matter how unworthy you may feel. And so that is what motivates me in times when I have fallen. A righteous man falls falls down 7 times but he rises again it's not it's not uh uh it's not his perfection right that would that would bring about his righteousness it's the fact that he fell and he made the decision to get back up that's what makes a righteous man you don't you don't lay down in your in your sins and just stay there but you get back up that's righteousness
2: and i love this topic when you brought up the glory of god and presence of god and how you brought up the day of atonement you know the glory of God, the Ark of the Covenant was in the Holy of Holies and the high priest could only go there once year for the day of the atonement. Yeah. Well, there was a process for him to get yeah. to the Holy of Holies mm-hmm. and one thing specifically and this is kind of going on a rabbit trail but this is why I feel my spirit. Right. The way he dressed mattered mm-hmm. when he went into the presence of God. Yeah. A lot of times someone actually asked a question to Chris on Instagram about like what it means to be holy something like that. The way we dress is honoring God. That's holiness too. Like we, not just in church, we should dress holy and cover ourselves. But outside in the world, we're supposed to like do those things. Yeah, the high priest didn't just wear whatever he wanted into the presence of God, but he had such a reverence and a fear of God that he had to cover everything in his body. Yeah. And Pastor Lopez preached a message called "More Than a Fig Leaf," and when Adam and Eve sinned, they were already naked, but they felt the nakedness after, so they got a fig leaf. And the fig leaf, if you really do a research on it. It's not that big. It can only yeah. cover, I guess, the main parts. Mm-hmm. So when they put the fig leaves over their main parts, Eve, I don't mean to be inappropriate, but over her breasts and down there, and Adam down there as well, there was still nakedness to them, and God made them kill an animal and put their skin over them. Right. So the fig leaf, that wasn't enough for them to be covered up, but they really need to cover most yeah. of their body.
0: Yeah, and when you talk about the high <coughs> priest having to conform to this very you know in our, in our sense strict dress code none of us cover ourselves the way that the high priest did you know when oh, he yeah. entered the the presence of god but what's incredible is again once the veil was was torn down from the top to bottom there was no longer this before you come and i'm going to make this statement because i believe this there was no longer this before you come into pre, into the presence of god you need to make sure you have A, B, C, and one, two, three all set down. When Jesus shed His blood for humanity, again, no one was yet filled with the Spirit of God. No one was baptized in Jesus' name. And so, yes, there is the holiness is so essential, and holiness is really a heart issue, um, and it, and and it will cover so many areas of your life. Um, including, yeah, how you dress and how you present yourself. And once you've been in church for, you know, a little while and God begins to deal with you about these things, you will automatically begin to, as you gravitate closer and closer to God, He will begin to reveal these things to you about how you should dress. And there are biblical standards for dress. But like, if you talk about like someone just in the world has never heard of God, because the thing about the world we live in today is that there are a lot of young people that know nothing about, about God, know nothing about church because they haven't been raised in it. Yeah. And so when you think of us, you know, someone that may be listening right now, you've ne- you've never known anything about church. You've never gone to church. I'll, I'll be the first one to tell you that you don't have to come to God with all your ABCs and one, two, threes in order. You come to God the way you are and how um, one of the pastors here puts it is God loves you so much that he's not going to leave you the same way that you came to him. I wouldn't, if I was the same man today that I was when I first began to give my life to God, why would I want to live? <laughs> why would I want to live for point? God? <laughs> what's the point? What's the point if there's no change? Yeah. And so that's what's so incredible about the veil being torn and Jesus shedding his blood is that, yes, there are standards that, that we need to abide by once we enter into this covenant with God. But before we enter that covenant, if we have no knowledge of God, we can still approach the presence of God. Oh, yeah. Back in the Old Testament, if they even touched the, Mount, the the bottom of Mount Sinai, they would have been killed. Right. But under the new covenant, um, we have access to the presence of God. Again, I will make this statement time and time again. When Jesus died on the cross and shed his blood and the veil was torn, which gave everyone, all of humanity, access to the presence of God, Nobody was filled with the Holy Ghost. Nobody was baptized in Jesus' name. That's not saying that those things aren't essential. That's not saying that those things aren't absolutely biblical because they are. We see it in the Bible, but we just we we understand that again. God doesn't require you to have it all together before you come to before you enter into His presence. So He does the work. You speaking of holiness, I
1: was thinking of that verse that uh, actually was just preached a couple weeks ago uh, on I think on Wednesday night, brother the Lopez yeah. he's talking about holiness and like how important it is to God. And I know that he brought up, I think Hebrews 12, 14 follow peace with all men and holiness mm-hmm. without which no man shall see the Lord. Right. That's, it's funny. A lot of people today and like, I've thought of this my whole life. It's like, you know, it's, you hear a lot preached like repent, be baptized in Jesus name receive to get the Holy Ghost, And it's kind of like, fizzles out after that sometimes. And I remember my pastor preached a sermon so many years ago called Jesus bought a house. So like when you buy a house, you decide like, you know what you want to put on the inside. And like, so God starts, you know, with the inside, you know, fixing things in there. And then you also, you know, you own the house. He owns you. You're the temple of God. He's going to decide what goes on the outside. Right. And so that verse sticks with me without which no man shall see the
2: Lord. If you are not holy, Mm
1: -hmm. You're gonna that's kind of that's honestly a kind of scary verse, oh,
2: <laughs> and I agree with Russ's statement. But you don't have to have it all together. Yeah. You know, one statement that was sticking in my mind that people have is "come as you are," yeah. and I 100% agree with that. I'm not saying you have to have everything all together. We need the <laughs> prostitutes in the church, the drunks, the alcoholics, the murderers, the rapists. We need all of them in the church, but the motto shouldn't always be "come as you are" all the time. it sh- what was it? Come as you are, leave. No, it's I know what you're talking about. It shouldn't be just come as you are. It should be. What was it?
1: Not come as you are and stay as you are. Come yeah. as you are. And uh,
2: I know what you're talking. about. It shouldn't just be come as you are and stay as you are. Right. It should be come as you are. I literally had the catchphrase and leave different. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> when you're, when you're in church and when you're in the presence of God, you're supposed to let that godly conviction yeah. push you to bring him closer to you. Yeah, and there's absolutely. no timetable. Oh, after one month in church you should be wearing skirts. You should yeah. be without me. No, it's, you have to let that Godly conviction yes. lead you to those things. I can't have some random person in church be like, you shouldn't be wearing that. Don't be wearing that jewelry.
0: Like, yeah, that, that's why there's a lot of, <laughs> when you think of modesty standards. And again, I believe in all of these things, but that's why you have women and men. All right. Because we always pin it on the women of dressing. in or oh, yeah. they dressing inappropriately, but men, it's us too at times. Um, Come they, as you are, don't stay as you are. <laughs> there we, <laughs> there are. we go. There we go. Uh, nice. But, uh, sorry, I just lost my train of thought. Sorry. Um, that's, no, it's okay.
1: We always pin it on the the women. Oh, that's we do. We said.
0: always pin it on the women. Um, but let's just say, let's just give an example of like you have a, uh, let's just say a young man because we're all, there's three men in here. Let's say you have a young man that, a young man that has been um, told that he's, he has to cover his, uh, his body um, you know at the beach, right? Think of someone in Florida, maybe even California since <laughs> we're in California. Um, but the only reason he does it is because he's told to, but in his heart he's like, "There's nothing wrong with this. Then really the, the holiness hasn't set in the way it was supposed to. Holiness should always start in your heart and manifest itself on, on your on, on your outside. outward appearance. Um, and that's why if you don't really believe in in these standards then you re- that's that's why it's so essential we read the Word of God and so we could see it for ourselves and so not only is it are, are they just roles or just these these things that that leadership puts on us but we understand the reason we understand what the Word of God has to say about how we dress, about how we talk. Um, one thing that like that uh, really, gets me going and I'm not one to, you know, the Bible says that, that as, as much forgiveness or so, no, sorry. It says in the gospels, it talks about if I cast judgment upon you, I better expect the same judgment ready to be cast back onto me. And so however much I want to, you know, look at your life and tell you how you're doing this and that I better make sure I'm ready for God to look at me and be like, Hey, you know, you've, you've got all these things that you're dealing with. You better be careful what kind of judgment you cast on other people um, and I, I'm kind of, I kind of lost my train of thought of where I was going, but
2: yeah. <laughs> something that came to my mind was when a new newcomer comes to church, they're not coming because of the rules and guidelines. Absolutely. Oh, not. they can't cut their hair. Or, oh, they got to be holy. We can't get yeah. drunk. All this stuff. They're coming because they want to love on God yeah. and they want God to change their lives. Yeah. So if we don't love God first, mm-hmm. we're not going to love the things that we got to do. Cause true love is when God, I love you so much. I'm going to give up what you want me to give yeah. up. Yeah. If I don't love God and I don't know the love of God, I'm not going to truly love doctrine. I'm not going to truly love Absolutely. the oneness, the new birth experience. I'm not going to truly love obedience. Yeah. You know, all those things, it goes against my flesh. How am I going to preach the gospel to these people on Walmart when I don't love the person I'm preaching about? Absolutely. You know?
0: Yeah, and our, our greatest example of that is Jesus. Oh, yeah. And so we see when he was in the Garden of Gethsemane and he was about to be crucified and he knew it. And he made he he was he prayed this prayer, I believe it was three times. God, if it's if it's your will, let this cup pass from me. God, Jesus, God manifest in the flesh, he didn't want to go to the cross. Yeah. But it was that unconditional love that that got him to that place of, you know what, God, not my will, but thy will be done. And I have to, as a Christian, being Christ like. I have to do my best to maintain that position every single day of God, not my will, but thy will be done because I know, I know myself. I know things I the things I struggle with, the things I'm dealing with, and it should be my desire to become, be, to become more like Christ and less like myself. Not that we all become rom- robots and all act the exact same, but mm-hmm. that I put this flesh on the altar because I know that his will is greater than mine, because my life is not only meant to affect me. I'm not supposed to live for me. I'm supposed to live for God and the people around me. And through that, my life will be blessed. But we're not, we were not put on this earth to live for ourselves and for our own wills and for our own dreams and our desires. It is the purpose of humanity. In Ecclesiastes, the Bible talks about all these things that, that people chase to bring them uh, a meaning and bring them purpose and bring them identity. But the Bible says that it's all vanity. And at the end of Ecclesiastes, it says that this is man's all, or this is man's purpose. This is what man was created to do, to fear God and keep his commandments to fear God and keep his commandments. What was the greatest commandment to love God and then to love your neighbor as yourself. And so those are the two things that I need to put at the forefront of my life, the Mm -hmm. forefront of who I am, because I know if I love God with all that I am, that when he convicts me about something, because I love him so much, I'm going to allow that conviction to take root and not just be a hearer of the word, but be a doer of the word.
2: Yeah.
0: Um, and and loving my neighbor, you know, as myself is when when you are really and I say this and it, you know, convicts me even as I say it, but if you really love God the way that you should, there should be a love that you feel for your neighbor. There should be a love in your heart that you feel for lost souls. And love is not when I say feel, love is so much more than a feeling. And 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 in essence really it is taking action. That's what love really is because God didn't feel like going to the cross, but he took the action. He decided no matter how I feel, I'm going to do this anyways. And because of that, he proved his love for us that while we were yet sinners, he still died for us. That was action. And so, cuz I don't I don't go to the grocery store and I Chris I think you'll relate to this. I don't go to the grocery store and as I'm checking out, I don't feel all this love for the cashier that has <laughs> never heard anything about God. But if I am prop if I am uh, uh, properly approaching my relationship with God and how he has said I should love my neighbor, then there should be an action that takes place as God impresses me to if the opportunity presents itself and God is, God has put it on my heart to share the gospel, to share the love of God with this cashier that has never heard anything about God. And so, you know, I've kind of been thinking this year, it's like, it's like, I need to love people more. Like I I believe I love God and, and I'm, 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 uh, I'm improving my walk with God and I'm making, making improvements and I'm walking with God in, in, in a, in a closer way, in a deeper way, but how is my relationship with those people that are around me? How is people that I don't even know, like how long has it been since I have, um, um, how long has it been since I have, uh, uh, given an encouraging word to a stranger that I don't even know because God has put it on my heart, you know, and that takes boldness, that takes courage. But if you never step out in faith, you're never going to see a miracle. And whether that's a big miracle or a quote-unquote small miracle, because any miracle in and of itself is an incredible thing, and it's only by the grace of God. I'm Step rambling. out of the boat. Brother <laughs> Morgan boat. Yeah. was
2: actually speaking about you in miracle signs or signs and wonders. Miracle signs oh, and wonders, he? and he was saying, "Yeah, uh, you guys know Russell. Um, he came up to me, said that he's never seen like a big miracle, yeah, and he gave the story of how there was, I guess, a girl, I guess, like moving up and down. He didn't say the story correctly. He said that it's kind of like vague, but." You left. You felt like to pray for her. It didn't happen. You went across the city to I think Crumble, saw the same girl, and then you went to go to her to pray for her back, Crossed and then the instantly, uh, that story she got, got
0: that story totally got. I know that's what I was gonna say. I'll tell I'll tell the I'll tell the real story since you brought it up, and that's ba- that's kind of the real story. It's close, <laughs> Um and so yeah, Pastor Morgan was right. Uh, I'm 23 years old. I've grown up in church. <laughs> And until a couple years ago, I know I've seen miracles, I've witnessed miracles, but I haven't like seen anything crazy happen, like, um, um, a tumor fall off or something crazy, right. Or even prayed for someone and they've been healed. And so I, I really got into, I've been in church all my life, but I really got into church, like actually into it, into it, trying to walk with God maybe three or four years ago. And so, um
1: the time i walked into your
0: life (laughs) yeah that's when chris (laughs) came into my life he really (laughs) he really helped me um but anyway so i i was in this class signs and wonders at christian life college and it's talking about you know miracle signs and wonders right and so i would i had gone out with friends um on an afternoon before i went to work and um we were sitting uh in 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 we went out to get some coffee i believe and we were sitting outside on the patio I'll, I'll call it. and I saw this lady uh, start walking by and immediately in my spirit it was like she needs prayer and I'm with my friends, like my good friends and my uh, fiance that was then my girlfriend, right? And so I'm just like she needs prayer and I'm like, I, I feel that in my spirit and I just sit there and I'm like, oh my gosh, I think I'm supposed to go pray for that lady. This is what I'm thinking, but I never did <laughs> right? And so we go from that patio, we go across the street to Crumble. And we get Crumble and we're sitting outside again. And I see the same lady drive up, park her car, get out of her car, walk right into Crumble. And I was, at this point, I was like, okay, God, something's up. Walk right into Crumble. And I kept my eye on her. She didn't order anything. Hmm. She walked into Crumble, walked out and started walking away from us. And I'm like, Russell, you say you want to see a miracle? Here we go. I've I've got to do something. And my friends are talking and they're having this conversation. And I'm like, I'm zoned in. I'm like, okay, I'm supposed to go pray for that lady. I don't know what about, but I know I'm supposed to go do it. And so I see her start walking back to her car. And without thinking about it, this is still crazy to me (laughs) when I think about the story. Because if you know me, this is not me. I do Mm -hmm. not do this. And so my friends are talking and I see her headed back to her car and I get up and I walk right up to her. He
1: runs up to her.
0: I I didn't run. She (laughs) probably would have been freaked out. Um, But I walk up to her. I introduced myself and I said, um, I got her name. I believe it was Esther. And I said, Esther, I feel like you need, I feel like God impressed in my spirit that I, that I needed to come pray for you. And the only, uh, the only thought I had was, Hey, Uh, do you need any healing in your body? Is there any any pain in your body? And she she told me that she'd been dealing with pain either in her, I think it was in her shoulder for years. And so I asked her if I could lay lay my hand on her shoulder and pray for her. She said, yes. I laid my hand on her shoulder and I prayed for her. I didn't cry. I didn't snot. I just prayed a simple prayer of faith that God would heal her. I took my hand off her shoulder and asked her how she felt. And as tears were coming down her face, she told me that the pain was gone. Mm. Wow. And... And I was blown away because God's real yeah. wow. <laughs> because it it was, it was such a surreal moment for me. And I am so thankful that I had the opportunity to witness that. Um, and so I, I got her number. I believe I sent her details to the church. Um, You know, I will also put in, in, in this because, you know, Hey, it's, it's part of my humanity. Um, I haven't seen her at church, but, I did give her the details. I do have her number. Um, and so that was a moment that it took It took a lot. But here's the thing is we talk about, okay, we don't see miracle signs and wonders like maybe we think we should. And, you know, just in, in casual thought, and casual thinking about it, I'm like, well, maybe we don't see miracle signs and wonders like we think we should because we never give God the opportunity to do a miracle. He impresses in our hearts and our spirits to go and pray for someone, and we just brush it off. Um, and maybe even uh, there have been times, and again, I'll expose myself for the sake of anyone watching. Um, there was a, there were there have been times I've been in church services and I've looked at someone, and immediately in my spirit they need healing, and I don't go and pray for them <laughs> because I am like. Well, I don't even know what to pray for. What if I ask them if there's anything in their body that they need healing for? And they say, no, there's nothing in my body. Then I'm like, well, I look like an idiot. (laughs) But, (laughs) and that's, that's just the truth of the matter. But now I think about it and I'm like, man, if I would have stepped out of the boat, if I would have stepped out (laughs) in faith, imagine what God would have done. This person needed a miracle. And unfortunately it was my lack of faith. It was my lack of action. It was my lack of giving God an opportunity to use me that they didn't get, they didn't get their miracle at that moment. Think about that. And I'm, I'm sorry (laughs) for, (laughs) for those individuals. Uh, I believe that, you know, obviously God is not only,
1: you know, uh, starting to think a lot of things that I prayed for and asked for, you know, prayer and, People Nobody. are probably supposed to come pray for me, and they don't. I'm just sitting over here in bondage. You know,
0: <laughs> you know, and that that reminds me of something. I remember a couple years ago. Um, this is probably in the first year that I started really getting back into church. Maybe a year and a half to two years, and uh, I had led a worship set on a life on one of our young adult nights, which is called Lifeline. One of those nights, and after the worship set, I'll be honest. I didn't, in my mind, I was like, man, you just messed all that up. You're trash. <laughs> really. is how I felt. And so I remember after the service, I went and I was sitting in the front and I just said, God, and so there, it's kind of a rarity that I asked God to send me a word from somebody, but I was, God, I could really use a word of encouragement right now. Like I need it. Like I'm just discouraged. Um, and it was Incredible that same night uh, and and it didn't happen right then as I'm sitting there and praying but that same night as I'm walking out of the, the uh, service one of my friends um, catches me and she says to me hey I just feel like you need a word of encouragement right now <laughs> and in that moment I was like whoa <laughs> and she began to give me a word of encouragement and I was like this is crazy <laughs> but not only that the next morning I believe it was the next morning It's either the next morning or next evening. I, I was in the church and I was praying and another one of my friends came up to me and he was like, Hey bro, last night I felt like God told me to give you a word of encouragement, but honestly I didn't have the, I didn't have the guts to do it. But right now I saw you right now and I, and, and, and I feel like I needed to, to come and tell you and give you a word of encouragement. And he encouraged me wow. Two people and you so when you experience things like that you can't tell me god isn't real you can't tell me that god doesn't listen to prayers because i had and more than just this story but i had that when you when you step out in faith you don't know who you don't know how you have encouraged someone else's faith because in that moment when my friends both came up to me and and encouraged me in my i was thankful for that for them and that they were allowed themselves to be used by God, but it it increased my faith. It increased um, my trust that God cares. God cares when I when I go through a worship set, and at the end of it, I'm like, man, I really messed it up. And I asked for encouragement, and God sent me encouragement. And that will, you know, it takes people stepping out in faith sometimes because God God is wanting to use His people. Okay, it's we're all you know all these gifts. You know, all these talents, all these abilities, even talking about the gifts of the spirit, they're for the edification of the body. And so whatever gifts that 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 you have allow God to to use you by you stepping out in faith, by you, even if you're scared, and even if you're nervous, even if you're like, God, I don't know how this is going to turn out. Guess what? God knows how it's going to turn out. And that's why he put it on your heart to go do this certain thing. And you're going to see God do miraculous things. If people simply gave God more of an opportunity to do a miracle, I believe we'd see more miracles. And I'm saying that first and foremost to myself. I'm saying, Russ, you need to step out in faith way more often than you do. And you'll see miracles, signs, and wonders if you give God the opportunity to do it.
1: Okay, I kind of have a question. Yeah. This might be a loaded question. I kind of forgot some of it in the midst of all of the the talk. But um, you said... If I truly love God the way that I do, like, you know, I'll obey him and like, you know, I, I love God. So I'm gonna do all this stuff. And um, this topic of, of loving God and God mm-hmm. loving uh, people and us and stuff always interests me so much. Because the best way I can describe it is, you know how you're just stone cold with everything?
0: Me? Yeah. <laughs> sure. <laughs> you Sometimes.
1: Like, yeah. Like, like, I'll literally be, you know, in depression, crying my eyes out and you're like, suck it up. I'm like, get over it, but Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so like... But now when it, it, for you, like when it comes to the thing of things of God, I've seen you like, you know, like travail on everything and like cry your eyes out on the platform and stuff. And like, when I see that, I'm like, (laughs) it affects me. Um, But it's vice versa for me. Like, I feel like with things like this, like someone hurts my feelings, go like ball my eyes out. (laughs) But then when it comes to things of God, like, you know, they're talking about like God died on the cross for our sin. You know, I look around, everybody's bawling their eyes out and I'm just stoned. Yeah. And I've heard people tell the stories like uh, just your sister told a story during student landmark talking about how I don't remember exactly what she was talking about. But she was talking about something where she was going through something. She walked in the sanctuary one night. She said she walked through the entire sanctuary, checked every single pew to make sure there wasn't yeah. one soul in there. She's like, good. No one's in here. She locked herself in and she's like, God, why? And Just like started <laughs> yelling out. And she said that she felt correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, she said that she, you know, felt like these, like God had given her a hug like yeah. this, like warm fuzzy hug or something like that. Mm-hmm. And she's like, I've like never experienced the love of God like that. And I don't know if, you know, God shows his love in different forms and stuff like that, but I've heard a lot of people describe his love in a way like that. Mm-hmm and i was like well you know what i have never experienced it yeah. i guess that way so i feel like do like i know god loves me i know yeah. that but do do how do i like i want i want to feel that like i want to yeah. feel the love of god like mm-hmm. and at the same time in response i want to reciprocate that same love like okay like do cuz i feel like i don't have like I guess the human mindset and saying oh well I love remember you literally roasted yeah. me the other day for saying, Oh, I don't love God, you know, like <laughs> I feel like this is a common topic for me and like I feel like a lot of things I do out of obedience is because of fear In a sense. So it's like when does when is like is it fear or is it love? Like am I obeying God because I love him or am I obeying him because I'm scared of the flames of hell <laughs> And I remember I was talking to you the other day Jonathan about semi this topic and you had said that you hadn't experienced kind of like what sally was talking about right
2: physically the love of god no
1: okay so i guess like i kind of finally relate with somebody that i okay he also i guess has not experienced a like a.
2: Mine's more of, like, an understanding, like, a mental, like...
0: Wait, God hasn't hugged you guys? <laughs> <laughs>
2: Mine's more of, like, an underst- like a mental, yeah. like, I know God loves me.
0: No, I, I've never experienced <laughs> the hug, you know? We'll term it the hug. I've never, never experienced that. Um, Can you describe...
1: Okay, I know that you know God loves you. Can you describe... I don't know if it's right to say, like, the feeling or emotion. Can you describe how you know that God loves you. And can then you also describe how is you know that you're showing love to God?
0: Well, first and foremost, I'll answer that second question. Okay. So again, the Bible says that if you love God, you will obey his commandments. And so honestly, your obedience in and of itself is an action showing God that you love him. And you say, well, you know, I don't know if I'm obedient because of fear, well, here's the thing about the fear of God is the fear of God is, I feel like is a smaller part, actual like fear of the creator of the universe, the God of all gods, the King of Kings and the Lord of all Lords. And what it really is, is, it, is it's having a reverence and a respect for God. So when we talk about fearing God, I'm not, I don't, you know, you don't go throughout your day, like scared that God's going to strike you dead unless you do, um, <laughs> scared that God's going to strike you dead for every, every mistake you make, um, or for everything that you do wrong. Um, but you you understand that there there's this reverence and there's respect that you give to God because you know who He is. You know that He is literally the creator of the universe. Um, excuse me. And so um, your obedience is first and foremost showing that you love God. Um, I don't. When I let's see how do I say this? When I feel the love of God, honestly, I, I I'm not good at at expressing maybe this type of able to put it in words yeah i'm not sure how to put it in words <laughs> cuz i wouldn't necessarily say that when i feel the presence of or when i feel the presence of god it's not this at times it is very much overwhelming emotionally you know whatever um but that's how you know god's
1: real because russ is like uh, a <laughs> like i'm not going to cry
0: <laughs> I, I, I believe a man should be very much in <laughs> touch with his emotions first and foremost, with God. I'm not a <laughs> not, I'm not a believer that, man, that men shouldn't cry. If you believe that, um, I, I hope. God. <laughs> if you believe that, yeah, the Lord needs to do work on your heart. Anyways, um, yeah, so I don't really, I mean, when you talk about feeling the love of God, like I'll feel the presence of God, absolutely. Um, but the reason I know, again, I'm kind of with you on this, because I'm like, the reason I know God loves me is because of his word. And I have, I've read enough of his word to understand that, man, God really loves me. When you, again, when, when, when you, when you go watch the plays uh, of, of at Easter, is it Easter the Calvary plays? Yeah. Yeah. Um, at Easter of, of Jesus being crucified. I think maybe there was one time that I kind of got a little, my eyes might've gotten a little watery, but I'm not bawling my eyes out either. <laughs> and the thing is, is you, you can't equate your feelings and your emotions and you can't be like, okay, that quantifies how much I love God. It doesn't because more often than not, um, I don't f- always feel a whole lot, but I know that I love God and I know that God loves me. And so when Chris says, and you know, cause I was making fun of it cause <laughs> fun of him. Cause I thought it was funny. A couple, a few podcasts ago, he was like, I don't love God <laughs> And it, in my mind. I'm like, bro. Yes, you do. Here's the thing. Is this emotion, this feeling of love, 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 love for God? As a male, you probably aren't always going to feel that way. It, it kind of it depends on your personality. It depends on how you are brought up. Um, it depends on a lot of different variables that that affect your emotional well being or your emotional worldview. Maybe I could say it that way. Um, and so, as a man, or but you know, when you compare a man and a woman, a woman. Their emotions are way different. Yeah. Their brain processes things way different. And so as a man, you're not, and you, you know, maybe shouldn't be. So if you're as emotional as a woman about everything, that's probably not a good sign. <laughs> um, but we aren't as, yeah, we aren't as feely feely as women. Um, now some dudes, yeah, they're more, <laughs> you know, feely <feely-feely> feely than <laughs> others and <laughs> emotional. And, you know, you know, that's all good and well to an extent, but. I, I would never quantify or try to put a number my love for God based on how I feel. Um, because man, there yeah, there have been times again, a moment of honesty, there have been times I've been like, Russ, God knows your heart, you know. So all these things you're doing, if you don't really love God, then he's gonna know anyways. <laughs> but I'm like, you know, if I'm over here kind of questioning it, um, <laughs> I've gotten, sorry, I'm kind of losing my train of thought, but I've gotten to the point where it's like, I have, I've faced different things, you know, in the past few years, different struggles, different obstacles, and overcome them first and foremost, because of God's love for me, but also for my love for God. And for the fact that there's some perseverance in my spirit that is not going to give up regardless what comes against me is because I love God and I know God loves me. And I am big, I am so big on the fact that God believes in me many times more than I believe in myself. And so I know if God believes in me, then my goodness, how much more should I believe that I can do this. I can do all things through Christ who who strengthens me. I believe is what the Bible says. And that's not just, you know, a a, a catchphrase to stick out there. It's the truth. It's the word of God. Um, but yeah, man, I don't always, you know, I'm not always very filly, filly. There are times when, yeah, you're right. God smacks me and I'm just like, oh my gosh. And I'm crying and I'm weeping. Um, and I'm thankful for those moments, but the majority of the time, you know, it's not like that for myself. And I don't doubt the love of God because again, his word says it. And no matter how I feel, his word always takes priority over how I feel, um, I uh, maybe I've answered kind of somewhat your question. Yeah, a I think bit. so. Yeah. A little, a little better. You yeah. probably give him
1: one of the better understandings. So you do love
0: me. God, Chris. You do.
1: Yes. <laughs> you, yes. I love him. <laughs> wink, wink. Um, okay. There were, I had a, I'm not going to go over all the questions that I had, but there was maybe one or two that interest me okay. when you were going through your hour monologue at the Sorry. beginning. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> but um okay, try to try to help me put together this question because it's a thought but I don't know how to put it into words of a question. Uh-huh. Okay. So you were talking about the glory of God filled the right. temple and the priest couldn't go in. Yeah. And then there's another example you're talking about the glory of God filled the place and he couldn't talk anymore, preach anymore. What do you say? Did uh, you there start?
0: was a time that Moses couldn't enter. The tabernacle. There was the time that the priests couldn't continue ministering, okay. playing their music and singing. Um, and there was also the time the priests couldn't enter at the temple.
1: Okay, so there's two, two parts where they couldn't enter. Sure, yeah. Okay, if the glory of God resides inside of us when we get the Holy Spirit, what is that thing that can't enter? Does that make sense? Or does that question not even compute.
0: No, I kind of, I think I get what you're saying. So again, under the old covenant, the people of Israel, whether it was a Moses or the priests, they didn't have direct access to the glory of God. They didn't have direct access to the presence of God. But under the new covenant, again, because the veil that separated the Holy of Holies, which was representative as a dwelling place of God, the dwelling place of God's glory, where the Ark of the covenant was, when the veil was, was torn from the top to the bottom, that represented the fact that there was no longer this barrier between the people of God and his presence. gotcha. And so there is no, um, and that's why, again, I said, you know, I'll make this statement again. When Jesus died on the cross, when the veil was torn, nobody was yet filled with the Holy ghost or baptized in Jesus name. Yet these individuals that were not spirit filled or baptized in Jesus name obviously had to have access to the presence of God because they were all filled with the Holy ghost. And then they got baptized in Jesus' name. And then a revival happened, right? Did that answer your question? Yeah. Okay.
1: Okay. I have a question. Yes. That um probably should be gone into more depth on a totally different podcast. Okay. But I would love to put this topic out there because okay. I think it's so interesting. Um, so a lot of people think, you know, when you receive the and I have a slight opinion, and I I can be changed because I really don't have much if little to none (laughs) to back me up on my opinion, but it's just an opinion. So when you receive the Holy Ghost, is it possible that you think that some people have the Holy Ghost before they speak in tongues or the Holy Ghost is speaking in tongues because it says in the Bible, it says, uh, with the evidence of speaking in tongues. So do you think that speaking in tongues is just evidence showing that this person, yes, has the Holy Ghost.
0: Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. Uh, so the Holy Ghost is not speaking in tongues. Okay. That, okay. okay. We're on because the same. Because the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit is the spirit of God. So you can't say, okay, well the Holy Spirit in all of its entirety is only speaking in tongues. Now, yes, the Bible does say in Acts two, one through four, that they spoke with other tongues as the spirit gave them the utterance and that was the initial evidence that they were filled with the Holy Ghost. I believe it's also in Acts 10. This is when Cornelius and his household, um, they were filled with the Holy Ghost. The Bible says that, uh, let me, let's find it so I don't Acts ten. quote it wrong. Acts chapter 10, yes. Okay. Here 10. we go, Acts 10. So, uh, y'all probably know the story, so I'm not going to go into depth on it. Uh, let's see who it is.
1: Cornelius.
0: Mm. Yeah, but the, it's Peter. Oh. So Peter goes to the house of Cornelius, and Cornelius has, I believe, some fr- some friends and family members that have gathered together. Uh, Peter preaches to them, and as he is preaching to them, this is what the Bible says in Acts 10 and 44. While Peter was still speaking the, these words, the Holy Spirit fell upon all those who heard the word. This is the first uh, example of Gentiles being filled with the Holy Ghost. If you're like, what's a Gentile? A Gentile is just anyone who's not a Jew. That's just a very simple explanation of that. But how did they know they received the Holy Spirit? Well, Acts 10, 46 tells us, for they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. So that is obviously, again, there's that connection When you're filled with the Holy Ghost, initially for the first time, you are going to speak with other tongues. That is what the Bible teaches. How did they know they were filled with the Holy Ghost? They spoke with other tongues. Um, So you asked this question, if I believe that people can be filled with the Holy Spirit or the Holy Ghost before they speak with tongues, I would say that according to the Bible, no, I don't think that is true. Um, So you think in order for the person to have the Holy Ghost. To be filled with the Spirit with, of God. Filled with the Spirit. They have to speak with tongues. Have to see, they have to speak with tongues. Now here is what, that's biblically. That is what that's I see Based in the off Bible. of this. Based off Acts 2, Acts 10, and there's also, um, I think I might have it in the back of my Bible still. There's one more account I know. It's Acts 19 where the, it also. Just
1: the reason why I say this is because there is, I'll just say there's, there's a pastor that says um, that it's possible that there are people who have the Holy Ghost before they speak in tongues mm-hmm. because he is saying which You show me this and like I'm, I, I'm starting to understand it. Like I can see both sides I just don't know which one I lean well, towards. What's, what's the other side? The other side is it's like You get baptized and not saying you receive the Holy Ghost instantly but like you can have the Holy Ghost But not Be speaking in tongues and then later you can speak in tongues And it's like that's just the evidence that you have the Holy Ghost already
0: the, the only way I can respond to that is what I see in the Bible and the accounts that the Bible shows when people were filled with the Holy Ghost and they always spoke in tongues. And so I'm not, I don't necessarily believe that. Again, th- these are all things, we are all, you know, young young men. We haven't studied into all of these topics because we still have a lot of life ahead of us and a lot of study to do. But me personally, I wouldn't prescribe to that opinion because of what I believe the Bible says, when you're filled with the Holy Ghost in again acts uh, two, acts ten and acts nineteen, they spoke with other tongues. Now, um, one of the pastors at uh, Christian Life Center, um, I had some questions about you know the Holy Ghost some years ago, and uh, he told me that he said, Russ, like once you speak one word in other tongues, you're filled with the Holy Ghost. Like, you don't have to reach a certain, like, amount of words, and then it's like, okay, you're topped off. It's like, once you begin to speak with other tongues, and that's why a lot of times when you see uh, people praying for others in the altar to receive the Holy Ghost, they will begin to speak with other tongues, and then they'll be like, oh my gosh, they'll kind of get freaked out and stop. They're filled with the Holy Ghost already, but the person praying with them will encourage them, let it out, let it flow, right? It'll flow like rivers of living water. When, when people get filled with the Holy Ghost, it's not always, that, that's the thing is that it's not always this unobstructed flow that just, man, they just fluently just, man, they go off and you're like, whoa. Some people, it is like that. But, but other people, they'll, I don't know how to describe it. It's kind of like, okay, God, you know, it's this gift that you're giving out. And, it, and it's really always on the part of the human, the, the individual that's receiving the Holy Ghost. Because again, whether it's, they're kind of like, oh, what's going on? I don't know what I'm speaking. And they stop or shut it down, whatever. Um, But once you start speaking in tongues, if it's one or two words in tongues, you are filled with the spirit of God and no one can take that away from you. And so, but I've also, this is something that I've seen happen and even happened to myself years ago uh, when (laughs) I was filled with the Holy Ghost, or at least I thought I was. So, and I I haven't told this story. um, I don't think that I've done other podcasts. Listen up, people. So when I was uh, very young, I can't remember how old I was, but I, it was before ten years old, and we were at a uh, a King's Kids uh, Landmark Service here at CLC, and we were all praying, and I had stammering lips, right? Um, and the way that I could, I the only way I know how to describe stammering lips is when you get really cold and you're like, you know, <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. and so I had stammering lips, and the person that was praying for me was like, "You got it." You got it. And I was like, yeah, I got the Holy Ghost. <laughs> and I stopped because I was like, okay, I got the Holy Ghost now. Don't have to keep pushing and keep seeking. Um, and and I remember for a long time, I was like, Man, I got the Holy Ghost. And, you know, biblically speaking, <laughs> I didn't. <laughs> but also, even just a few a few weeks ago, actually, I shouldn't put a time step on it very long time ago <laughs> um, I was in the altar we were praying for people to receive the Holy Ghost and I was praying for this young man and he was saying hallelujah and then just adding a couple la la laws at the end of it just honest to God truth that's what he was doing um and so 20 you know uh, hindsight's 2020 so now that I look back on the situation I should have stopped him and explained to him hey man there's there's no way that we can give ourselves the Holy Ghost uh, if God's gonna fill you with his spirit you've got to let it happen from God you can't add the law laws and you're filled with the Spirit of God that's not how it works um, they're filled with the Holy Ghost as the spirit gave them the utterance um, but what happened is so I finished praying for him and I understand okay this young man has not yet received the Holy Ghost <laughs> but he, you know he's adding these these law laws at the end of it uh, so maybe he has some misunderstanding of what the Holy Ghost is but then um, you know, I stopped praying for him and someone else comes and prays for him and he's doing the same thing. And this other guy is like, you got it. And in my mind, I was like, no, he doesn't. Because as you're praying for someone, the reality is, is you're going to know there's going to be that spirit to spirit connection when they're filled with the Holy Ghost. Not only will you hear it, but there should be some kind of, um, I believe there should be some kind of connection in the spirit when it happens, you should feel it and you should hear it. Um, But the individual that was praying for them, you know, was it, was a little bit younger. (laughs) So I think they just kind of got maybe caught up in the moment um, and was like, yeah, you got the Holy ghost. And I'll be honest, I didn't address the situation with the young man and, you know, maybe it probably wasn't my place to do so anyways, but yeah. So I think that, when you're praying for someone in the altar and we kind of got off a little bit and I'm (laughs) sorry. Um, But when you're praying for someone in the altar, you know, it's a, it's almost a disservice to them to tell them you got the Holy ghost. But in reality, they haven't yet, they haven't yet reached that point. And again, it's not on God's fault. It's not God's fault. It's always something in the person, you know, something holding them back, whatever it might be. But I think we need to be a lot more careful when we're praying for people in the altars to make sure that when it happens, it's it's the real deal. There's not just these law laws ended on the end of it, added on to the end of it, you know.
1: So since we're on this roll.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> I have
0: one more question.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay. You read the verse uh, about Moses speaking to God yeah, face face-to-face. to face as a friend does. And then there's also a scripture that says, no man has yeah, seen the right. God face to face. There was somebody, literally, we were, we were just talking about this recently, talking about how, what did they say? Their spirits were like, Moses' spirit was so in tune and in line with God. He was talking about the different, oh my gosh, they were talking about the different faces of God, correct? That Who was talking, who literally, maybe someone was preaching on this. It was Friday, Caleb hearing.
2: Okay. That was Wednesday. for Wednesday,
1: Caleb. I'm sorry, talking about the different um, facets because it comes mm-hmm. from that. Different facets, different faces of God, and when you see God in His entirety, you're seeing like uh, His His nose, His mouth, is uh, something like that, right? The depth of His face or something. And so Moses was seeing. What was he
2: seeing? His main this? argument was uh, somewhere in the New Testament. <coughs> how it says, "There's also the spirit man of us. So not only is it our flesh." our spirit as well. So it wasn't Moses' flesh who saw God face to face. It was his spirit that saw God face to face. Like God took him to the spirit realm and his, I guess, spirit was able to see God face to face. Yeah. So do you think (laughs) that Moses
1: saw him physically face to face or it was just like, or is what we just said a revelation to you?
0: You know, (laughs) man, some of these topics, you know, you can talk about and you can hours. debate about know. and you can have your opinion about, uh, but at the end of the day, it's like, that's not affecting my salvation. Uh, I don't know. And, no, so I'm s- kidding. and so some things, I think all of the, all of the Bible is worthy to be talked about and worthy to be, you know, we should talk about things like this, but I'm perfectly comfortable with the answer of, I don't know. I'm perfectly comfortable with the answer of, Hey, the Bible says no man has seen God face to face. And so there is that account in Exodus where it says that God talked to Moses face to face as a man would talk to his friend. Um, just based on, again, that scripture where it says no man has seen the face of God. I would then go to that scripture in ex- Exodus and be like, hmm, I don't believe he saw the face of God. Um, it does say face to face. But again, you have to look into, okay, well, what does the Hebrew say? Um if you really want to understand that scripture in its entirety and in its context, but, um, I wouldn't believe that he necessarily saw the face of God. Um, again, that was old Testament. So, you know, obviously God manifests himself in the flesh as Jesus and Jesus had a face. So was he seeing the face of Jesus? I don't know. Jesus is God. So again, see, see how it kind of just Mm -hmm. like your Mm -hmm. mind just starts going all these different (laughs) places. And so for that question, I honestly would say, I don't know. Um, and it's not going to be something that, you know, after this podcast, I go sit down and study at some point it may be, but you know, you can get into all these crazy, uh, you things. know, different things. Rabbit yeah. Trails. yeah. Rabbit trails in the Bible. And they're all, it's all essential. It's all there for a reason. And again, like obviously someone like Caleb Herring is way more, you know, he has 10 times more experience than myself or us. And so I wouldn't, you know, say that. You know, his, his opinion on it is in any way wrong. For me, I just know, especially for myself, the only way I learn things is I need to go study it myself. Talk about the oneness of God. Talk about uh, uh, being baptized in Jesus' name, being filled with the Holy Ghost. Talk about what we talked about today. Um, I, in order for myself to understand it and to receive the full revelation of it, I got to open my Bible and I have to get into it for myself. That is the only way I learn. I could sit down in a classroom and they could talk about all these things and explain them, but it will not be until I open my Bible and I, and I study it for myself that it really sets in my spirit, sets in my heart. I mean, that's just how I am. I know different personalities can learn different ways, but if you are interested at all, or if you are like, man, like this is what I've been taught my entire life, the doctrine, all these things. But like, I just, you know, if someone asked me a question about it, I wouldn't know how to explain it. Well, well, you need to open your word and you need to study it out for yourself and study takes time and that takes effort it takes a lot of effort to um study the scripture and to and but really that's you know if you're really trying to be Christ like you can't be Christ like if you're not reading the bible it's not happening how do you know the heart and the mind of god you open the word of god um anyways so yeah you can kind of go on you rabbit know trails. different rabbit, rabbit trails from that question but personally for me I'm Again, I haven't studied it out, so I don't have the answer. Gotcha. So I said all that to say I don't have the answer. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, that was, I am honestly so, like, I don't know if the word is honored. I am so.
0: Uh,
1: blessed. Blessed. Okay. That, that, that too. But like, I am so, I guess, thankful the amount of work and study that you put into this. Was, you, I remember you finally told me like, you know, uh, okay, fine. I'll do a podcast. And then you studied for like, you know, three years over here, geez, and like had so much background and depth and combination of like cross-referencing and stuff. I was like, wow, it really honestly convicted me. I was like, I need to put some more work
0: into this. I'm I'm honored to have the opportunity to be here. I know Chris, he has been asking me for a little while and, and there was that, you know, I don't want to just, I've never been on a podcast. (laughs) Um, Glad (laughs) you're And so I wasn't like you know, there was a, Ooh, it's a podcast. It's kind of cool. But I also wanted to have something that I felt like God had put on my heart to share, or at least it had been dealing with me about that. I had to say. And so I believe it was this past Wednesday. I was finally, I texted him. I was like, okay, bro. I was like, I've got something. I've got something that I feel, you know, would be helpful to share. So I'm, I'm thankful that you, you know, trusted me enough to have me on. Um, yeah, it took, it did take some time and work, but that's, that's the, the thing is, is like, you know, you guys, you guys open up the podcast and listen to it and you guys are blessed by, you know, many, many more times over by I'm sure <laughs> other people that have been on this podcast than myself, but also by Chris and Jonathan. But what you don't see, and again, this is just part of the, uh, this is part of the sacrifice that, that um, comes into play when you're talking about putting on a podcast or doing these things is you don't see the time that these individuals take and they pray over it um and you know maybe they do other things as well talk about consecration i have no idea but uh it takes it takes work to do what they do so i appreciate and i've listened to i know i told chris the other day i was like i haven't listened to all the episodes <laughs> but i listened to a few of them um and i've they've definitely blessed me so i'm i'm thankful Aww. to have been able to be a part of this conversation yeah. and i hope you guys enjoyed it
1: you definitely need to be on at least one One more, if not like three, four, five, six, seven, eight, before you leave.
0: Well, you've got four months. (laughs) I know. So you need to to pump them out.
1: (laughs) This has been episode 35 of Out of the Boat. Okay. I have two more, like, not off-the-topic questions. Are we done?